Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. You are listening to the Movie Misfits Podcast. I'm your host, Tank Rodriguez. Joined with me, as always, are the stars of the Movie Misfits Podcast. We have Jimothy James Dean slash Robies slash Big Mad. You know, whatever you yeah, Big Mad, whatever you want to call him. You know. Hi. Oh, and also, uh, aka Supmaster. How you doing? I was about to say no (laughs) Supmaster. Too many titles. I know, exactly. Yeah, you know, I have to introduce so many people for so many podcasts. It's hard to keep up with all of y'all. Life is hard. Life is hard to keep up the roster. Exactly. Who you have to introduce. Yeah, absolutely. I got my my co-host here, Mr. Alistair. My kid, a kid. Alistair Black. Um, uh, He is is all black cat. Alistair Black cat. That's a, that's exactly. sweet. Okay, gotcha. He's a go baby. And then of he's course, battle, battle beast. Battle beast. <laughs> battle beast. Exactly. Battle beast. He's, he's he's my uh, battle cat. And then, but yeah, I'm doing good. Tank. Awesome. That's great. Hey, if you're listening to this right now and you, you saw you heard the introduction for Jimmy the James Dean, go check out his YouTube channel. It's always in the description down below. Road beast reviews. If you like toys, and of course, feel free to like and subscribe to his channel. It helps out a lot. Anyway, of course, <laughs> as always. Hey, uh, and then last but not least, definitely, we got the doctor. We got Doctor Dirty Derek. I, I was like, are you just totally gonna? You went out of order this time, and you're like, I'm like, you're just, if you ask me what I watch without introducing me, I, I'm I, off the show. Uh, no yeah, green M Ms. <laughs> no, I, 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 because I know, like, I always say, you know, I, I introduce myself, and then I go to, to you, and then I go to Jim, Jimothy. Sorry. And it's like, all right. So at some point, you know, let's mix it up. Let, let's let's uh, twist it up a little bit. See, you yeah, I mean, break up, break it I, up for the I knew. I know. I appreciate. I appreciate. You know, that variety is a spice of life. So yeah, they say. man. Uh, so we're we're mixing it up. Do uh, a shout out being being a doctor and all. Uh, you know, very important moniker in which I I hold dearly. I do want to give a shout out to uh, Mental Health Awareness Month. May is hey, Mental Health Awareness Month. And, uh, you know. <laughs> Nothing, nothing is better for your mental health than listening to the three of us. Absolutely. Uh, movies. It bring, if, look, if anything's going to bring joy to your life, get you out of bed and dancing like Charlie Bucket's grandfather and Willy Wonka, <laughs> like it's going to be this show. That's I, 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 100%. 100%. Or you could just hear Jimothy make cat sounds. All right. Dude, he's fucking chewing on my toys. Get out of here, you dumb dumb. Anyways, sorry. <laughs> Uh, hey, you, you know what? Yes. Uh, let me tell you, as someone who suffers, uh, uh, suffers, uh, well, I don't say I suffer, who has mental illnesses, um, uh, this, the podcast, making the podcast is, has been one of the most enjoyable experiences throughout the podcast. So I really do uh, appreciate that. Let me turn off that music there finally. Um, but yeah, that's a great call out there too. So I appreciate that, uh, doctor. Uh, but hey, before we get into. Before we get into what uh, y'all have been watching, uh, I do want to Tank's corner. Yeah, go to Tank's, Tank's corner, corner here. Uh, I do want to, do, I, I, guys, I, I feel like Jimothy. Um, you know, a lot, a lot of people know uh, that I, I, I resell on the side. Uh, you know, I find stuff to, on the cheap and I flip it on eBay for a profit. I'm very proud of that. But um, today I bought over uh, 80 uh, DVDs and Blu-rays. Uh, <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> Uh, it, all in the all in the span of like uh, an hour, hour and a half, and I only spent like thirty bucks on them. Um, nice. Yeah, uh, but I do want to bring out three. I, I'm not gonna go over all of them, obviously. Uh, I had to pick this one up just because I just had to pick it up. You know, uh, why not? It was the happening. 
50 cents. Oh, uh, it's for the plants. Yeah, it's man. The plants. <laughs> it's the modern day's Plan 9 from outer space. It really is. So, yeah. So, you, you gotta, you, you see Mark Wahlberg, you gotta say hello to your mother, you know, and you gotta get mm-hmm. it. You know, you just gotta get Good. it. You do. So, so you gotta, gotta go get yourself a Wahlberg kid, and that'll, that'll, Solve all the plant issues. You know what? I, I, I'm going to go off on a slight tangent here, and I, I, I this is a slight side quest, not a tangent. That's okay. This is Tank's Corner, yeah. okay? So, so, can... so look, speaking of not so much movies but TV shows, there is one little, uh, you know, uh, you know, guilty pleasure that I have called uh, uh, Temptation Island, and it has oh. a host. It has a host named the same. It, you probably know him too. You, I know you've seen him. His name's Mark Wahlberg. That guy is such a treasure. I love Mark Wahlberg, the host. Not related to actual Marky Mark. Uh, does this have the same names? Just happened to both be in uh, TV. Anyway, I digress. No, I. A brilliant idea. Face off to where you swap the faces <laughs> of Mark Wahlberg and Mark, Mark Wahlberg. Wahlberg. <laughs> Mark Wahlberg. And then you get the Mark Wahlberg you like with the Mark Wahlberg face people tend to want to look at. Uh, yeah. And you know. it's just, yeah. It's, it's like the merger of Wal. It's like Mark Wahlberg to the second power. But, you know, great idea. I want to see Face Off 2. At the end, it was uh, it was Nicolas Cage and John Travolta at the same time again. Anyway. Uh, but shout out Mark Wahlberg, the best uh, TV show host ever. Um, moving along. Picked up. What'd you watch this week, Hank? Because you, oh, you said no, you were going to watch a movie this right, week. Right, no, I did, but I'm going to go over the last two pickups okay. that I have, and then I'll definitely get into that one. Uh, the second one was Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh, uh, okay. 50 cents. The remake. Uh, the remake. Yeah, yeah, the remake. But it's really cool because it's a rental box from Blockbuster. Oh, and so I, I have I'll, a lot of those. Yeah, I love well, like rental boxes. This I just a really I like having it. Uh, I saw one here that I've never heard of, but it reminded it uh, reminded me of our good friend uh, Tamika, um, and uh, it was Call. <laughs> oh, it's a bird movie. It's yeah. a bird horror movie, and it just looks awesome. Another uh, blockbuster rental box too. Um, oh. And have no idea. I mean, obviously, I, it's about birds, but it has Sean Patrick Flannery, uh, Stephen oh. M- McCaddy, uh, Kristen Booth, and Rod Taylor. Uh, so I, this is going to be the next week's watch uh, for Call, and I'll let y'all know how that goes. But yes, going. I did watch a couple of movies, but I did say I was going to watch uh, this DVD find that I have was Final uh, Come Down. And let me tell you, this picture is not from the fucking movie. <laughs> Billy D. Williams doesn't have his signature stash in this movie. But, what? Yes, but I will say this. I Because if you look at this, I'm thinking Shaft remake, you know, Shaft spoof. No, quite the opposite. And it's it's very relevant to what's going on today. Like, it's a very, like, I, 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 black black exploitation movie. I mean, it, it really is. It, it, it does. Con- I mean, this is from the '70s, and it conjures up like up all the things that's going on, you know, during that time. You know, you barely have Jim Crow leaving, uh, it, it, you know, during that time, and how like there's abuse with cops towards, uh, uh you know, African Americans or people of color. And I'm glad that problem's been solved. It, it, and that's what I'm. I was just like, <laughs> I was really in. I was like. I thought it was going to be a hokey movie, and because of this picture that Billy T. Yeah. Williams is wearing, and he's this, yeah. and it, it, Look, it, it never, all... never happen to doubt that Billy D. is going to put out a bad movie. Yeah, no, I mean, if I find Plus this the movie, the title is so fucking like Red Box, like release bullshit. Yeah. Final, it's the worst name ever, but 
Yeah, but and God, I mean, and and honestly, like, I'm I'm gonna spoil the movie, uh, only because it's been out for oh, almost forty years. Uh, well, actually, has been more than yeah, uh, more than forty. Uh, yeah. Years. Uh, so uh, at. So basically, this heist—not uh, a heist, but like this um, shoot-off between uh, uh, you know Billy D. Williams and his and his, and his crew, which is kind of like Black Pantherish, but they never specifically say it is, so it's not affiliated with it. Um, versus like police officers, and there's one like one shoot-off that just goes awry, and they're going back, and they're going like you know they're kind of doing flashbacks to what's happening. And they ha- and at the end they have this opportunity to give up and get out alive without being hurt, and 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 the way they set it up and, and again it's not it isn't an Oscar Oscar nominated movie no by by no means, uh, but the way they portrayed it it was great because I I really felt I really felt something you know it, it elicited a response and and made me really happy about that it, as far as like like just to know that. Not that it's still going on. I, I don't think I should say happy, but it, it is more than it is. I got that feeling of I I know what they were trying to convey, and instead of giving up and you know going you know going with the police peacefully, they decide to go out in a blaze of glory and in in, in in as far as to, to not so much be a martyr, but like to to continue to stand up for the injustice, not not by just being like okay yeah you're right you got us my bad you know uh, we we give you know we give up peacefully. No, they they all they all go out in the, in the blaze of glory, and it's and then and then finally you see people kind of waking up to like, oh well, shit, like maybe something is going wrong. So I was totally surprised by all this. Um, some good takeaways, and and not and I'm just I'm saying this just to be funny and just to lighten up the mood a little bit. There are some good boobs, uh, boob shots in here, and uh, that's always okay with me. Uh, <laughs> so nobody's complaining about the boobs. Yeah. No, yeah, but you know what's funny is uh, it, it says uh, not rated, and it says why it's not rated: mild violence, <laughs> and that's like totally the worst description of why it's not rated ever. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so uh, final uh, final come down uh, with Billy D. Williams. Uh, I give it, uh, uh, you know. Uh, Two thumbs up for what he was trying to portray. So I, I dug it. Right on. Right on. Hey, you know what? You gave it a shot. That shot worked. Yeah. So uh, good, good for Billy D. I'm not. I'm not. I don't know if I'm fully down with his uh, having no stash. Dude, it's, it's, uh, it's the weirdest thing. I even at one point in time, like man. I covered up like half of his face to make sure it was still Billy D. Williams. Took a sharp, <laughs> took a sharpie, sharpie to the television screen. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Anyway, I love it. Uh, that's that's my my ten minutes of talking. Uh, the rest of the fifty minutes are definitely y'all's. Uh, but hey, guys, what y'all been watching since uh, last week? Jimmy, I went first last time, so if you want to go first this time, sure. So I mean. I watched a bunch of stuff. I was in a weird light, not weird, but I was in another mood to watch a bunch of, uh, rewatch a bunch of 80s horror, which is sort of my comfort zone area. But I also watched a ton of, like, just random shit. I'm still watching a lot of RuPaul's Drag Race stuff. But I watched two new movies. Okay. Neither of which I'm super excited about. Uh, <laughs> in fact, so first movie I watched is That Woman in the Window, which uh, Netflix fucking great cast um julianne moore and um amy amiams is a star but it's got julianne moore it's got freaking gary oldman in it um uh what a what a boring piece of shit none of the tension Wait, none of what the, was the movie called the woman, called the woman in the, in the window, window which is the name of a fucking phenomenal old um classic 
film noir film that I thought it might be a remake of. And I was like, nope. Um, it's sort of like a rear window sort of scenario. It's yeah. very much, a, apparently it's based off a book, I guess. But anyways, Julianne Moore plays a psychiatrist who's with severe agoraphobia. And she's mm. like her, she's estranged from her husband and her child. And she lives in this essentially like old mansion in New York. And she witnesses a, a murder across the, the uh, across from her building with this weirdo family that she comes to know. Um, what a boring piece of shit. What a boring, like lackluster. The, the cast is good. The thing is, it, the cast is crazy. I mean, I remember. Yeah, you're only, I remember. You're only good as your script, you know. I remember. Yeah, exactly. I remember. Like we even talked about the trailer, and it actually looked. I think the trailer looked yeah. good. I think we were really excited to see. It. I, I mean, of course, I forgot about it, but yeah, uh, it, I, I, I don't even. I honestly don't even remember talking about the trailer, but. Just from the poster, I was like, "Oh, Amy Adams! I'll watch fucking, I'll yeah. watch anything with Amy Adams in it." And then I found out Julian Julian Moore and Gary Oldman are in it. I'm like, oh, "What the? Is this Trifecta. the most perfect movie ever?" <sighs> Far fucking from it. It's just so. I thought they did that movie too. Like, what? I I swear that it like sounds like almost the exact premise of Woman on the Train, or like Girl well, on the Train, right? Like, it, it's very. The thing is, the premise has been done. I mean, it's literally Rear Window. Yeah. I mean, it's and it's there's, it's been done to death. And much better. Like it just, it, it tries to like build all this like tension and stuff, but it's so overwrought and silly. There's a whole sequence where Julianne Moore is like, it's I think it's Halloween outside, and all these kids are like basically egging her house, and she has like a full blown meltdown about it. And it's 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 fucking funny instead of like tension rot or like you're supposed to. It's just fucking a fail uh, in many ways. <laughs> But not nearly as big of a fail as Uh-oh. the other fucking movie I Uh-oh. saw. So, uh, I watched that movie Jujitsu. Oh, with uh, Nick Cage. Yeah, with Pretty- Nick Cage. I don't think I've hated a movie more <laughs> in the last twenty. For okay, first off, it was directed, produced, and directed by the guy that did the last two Kickboxer movies, which I should have. I don't know what the fuck I why I had any. Told you right there. That that's that right there. It's first off one of the dumbest scripts. I, it's a. I, it's like, I'm not even gonna. It's the dumbest fucking movie. And again, sometimes dumb is fucking great. Mandy is essentially kind of a dumb fucking movie. Crazy. It's, it's a brilliant work of art in its own way. This is not Mandy. There's. The cinematography sucks. I mean, it's got that guy, Elaine uh, Williams or whatever. He's a he basically looks exactly like Scott Adkins. He's like the the you know Scott Adkins stunt double basically. He's been in the Kickboxer Retaliation movies and stuff. Looks exactly like Scott Adkins. He's just not Scott Adkins. But he's a, this this white martial arts guy. It's got fucking Nick Cage who tries his best to elevate this movie, but fails epically. Um, It's got, it's supposed to be about these guys who, okay, I'm not going to say anything about the movie, just give you this much. It's basically about how this alien, who's the predator, not the predator, um, uh, who gave humanity jujitsu. Meanwhile, nobody in the movie actually does jujitsu. Fucking, you got, uh, uh, um, (laughs) everybody's like one dude's doing Muay Thai another dude's doing like fucking 
It's the dumbest goddamn thing. And the acting is terrible. The plot is so fucking bad. It was so bad. I knew there was only like five or six minutes left in the movie and I turned it off. I was like, I, I'm not, I am, I'm not even going to respect this movie enough to watch its final few minutes. It was that bad. And, you know, I know this guy's going to be up there. Oh, you're, I love it. So, no, fuck that. Don't be a contrarian, try hard, edgelord, Norton fucking dipshit. The movie's terrible. The plot is terrible. The acting is so flat. And, I mean, it's not even so interesting that, like, if you got high and watch it or ironically watch it, it's not even that movie. It's just a bad, stupid movie that tried to be funny and interesting and fails on every front. Fuck that movie and fuck that guy. I hope that you're, dude you're, you're, never makes another. I, I hope he doesn't even fucking. Ha- I don't think. What would happen if that guy and Yule Bowl got together and like? It's so bad. The, I would rather watch a Yui Bowl movie. Oh, I'm not even that kidding. Is, that is terrible. I mean, like, I hope this guy never listens to this podcast because that is like that right there is probably the worst filmmaker oh, yeah, so you can give somebody is like. I'd rather watch Yule Bowl. Really? First what? off, the fucking the the alien in it. Who's basically, I mean, he can, it's like, dude, it's so goofy. It's like a fucking episode of like, of honestly, it's like, power. he even looks sort of like the movie Power Rangers, like that cheap sci-fi look that they gave him. But it's like, he, you know, he turns invisible. He sees in fucking, he, you know, body heat, thermal vision, whatever. The only thing is that he's got like, he looks like he's a fucking Halo cosplayer and he, you know, does jujitsu. Goddamn dumbest movie I've ever seen. And Man, Tony Jaw is in it. He's the one that's doing Muay Thai, which again makes no sense because it's not. He's like the secret cult of like, like, jujitsu. This, it's the it's the goddamn dumbest thing I've ever seen. Five yeah. minutes into the, first off, the opening sequence, which just has this cheap like Photoshop, like Photoshop for beginners filter on it. From there, I'm like, this is going to be the worst thing I've ever seen, and I was 100 percent right. Fuck that movie and fuck never, anybody involved in that. Never movie. doubt your senses. No, at all. No. Um, so, yeah. Well, I think what, what I watched was was a far more redeeming factor than what you watched this week. So I will start with uh, with a movie that uh, my buddy Mike recommended to me. He's always on the lookout for good action films, so he, uh, he messaged me and said, "Hey, go on to Netflix and watch Avengement with Scott Adkins." Oh yeah. Um, man, you know, first of all, like the first five minutes of that movie, I was like. Fuck yeah! This is a great. This is a great movie. I, you know, for anybody who has to see it, it's not a long watch. It's about an hour and a half. But uh, basically, Scott Atkins plays this guy that, that breaks out of prison. Uh, he basically goes to see his his dying mother and misses her like just by seconds. She passed away. Uh, he ends up bringing out of prison. He goes to this pub. It's kind of footballer uh, league pub. And, uh, and starts holding everybody hostage. He's looking for his brother. And then it kind of tells a backstory. Now, when you first see Scott Atkins, he's got a scar across his eye. He's got burn marks on the side of his face. He's got literally like uh, titanium teeth like in the front. And so it just uh, kind of goes through this process of like telling the backstory of like how he got so like vengeful, like how he got so like murderous like how he got so fugly like and getting beat up and then this guy like just took uh you know we'll give too much away but man this guy just took a beating in prison like day by day by day until he just turned himself into a killing warrior but it is just non-stop action from literally the start all the way to the last like few minutes of the movie uh by far um 
you know, one, probably one of the better action movies I've seen. Like, man, I, I just have such a fonder appreciation for Scott Atkins. Um, having, having watched this movie. Yeah. So. Scott Atkins is the man. He, uh, it's funny. I haven't seen, I haven't even seen it, but, uh, I, I'm a big fan of Scott Atkins. His show, the art of action that he does where he interviews like other action stars is really great. But I watched this whole video about, cause I think if I'm not mistaken, he actually helped write the film or like he was a producer in the film. It was sort of like, which is, I gotta say, one of the dumbest title. I mean, the, the title is so. Yeah, I thought I seriously cringy. when it was first recommended, I thought it was like an Avengers ripoff. Honestly, I was right? Like, exactly. What is it? But you know, a, a footballer prison movie uh, yeah. is. You know what? It, it really reminded me of. You know, it, now I'm not. I'm gonna. I'm gonna pull Jimmy. I'm not gonna be able to think of the actual name <laughs> of the movie. But I was like, this. You know what? This is where. So like, this is where potentially like a, a brawl and cell block. 99. A, cell bra- a brawl and cell brock yeah. 99 yeah, yeah like I, I felt like it was in that similar vein except i liked the main character more and i like absolutely felt for every ounce of him like why he was going after this like revenge plot so um yeah really good i also watched army of the dead oh um, did you yeah uh both on netflix so check them out if, if you get a chance to watch it Wait, but, what? um yeah it came out on netflix today no shit that yeah. I went on I was just on Netflix and what they were advertising was um some other thing that just came out today uh, yeah. that I was like, oh maybe I'll watch it but I didn't even see them advertise Army of Dead. It's on there now. Oh shit, watch I'll it. watch it. Anyways, um, well, let me know your review first. I I really liked it. Um you know, it it was a fun zombie action movie. Um I'll I'll say that first and foremost. I I was a little like apprehensive because they they did replace uh one of the main characters with uh Tig Nicoretto, um, Gatero, yeah. uh, partway through, but honestly, I couldn't tell. Like the the scene, it was actually really done flawlessly. Like I really didn't notice it much at all. Um, very cool opening sequence. Uh, a very kind of a little bit of cross between Jimmy. You'll you'll know when you're watching it. Like there are some scenes that are very reminiscent of kind of the uh, Dawn of the Dead uh, version, and then there's also like some Zombieland level humor in it far less humor than I really truly thought there was going to be in this movie. Like there were some funny parts, but most of the characters like were, were pretty decent. Like you, you liked them. Um, but I, I will say like, it did, it did not hold back when it came to a lot of these characters. Like, so like, all, I'm just gonna say all bets are off when you watch this movie. Like anybody that I, I pegged for like being a Kalen survivor, like I was, yeah, I just, I was totally wrong. So that's um, good. I like that. Yeah. No, it's yeah. good though. Yeah, it, it caught me off guard because I was like, you know what? Like, this is could go the the atypical action movie, you know, state zombie movie state where like the people that you know are going to survive survive, and the people that you know are going to get killed off get killed off. But yeah, it went a totally different direction. I will say the highlight of this movie, and one one thing that had me questioning: one, the zombie tiger was fucking phenomenal. And it was, they also made sure it was a sick free to Roy tiger, which I thought was fantastic. Um, and that tiger kicked ass. There was also a point in the movie, hey James, when you watch it, like you have to see if you could point it out. There's a robot zombie. And I don't know how they're going to explain that, but there's a scene, this scene where a zombie gets shot in the face and underneath his skin is like a, a robot skull. So I, I just don't know how they explain that at all. But this this clan of zombies were very it was almost had a like an i am legend feel to it um in regards to like the the way they were a pack and communicated and 
Uh, so it was, it was really like very interesting, but uh, for two hours and 20 minutes, I actually didn't feel like two hours and 20 minutes. It didn't drag at all. Um, so yeah, I mean, it was a fun watch. Like I, I'm, I'm happy that I got to check it out. Um, definitely well worth the, uh, the price of admission. And yeah, it was, it was good. Cool, man. I mean, that's the thing. It's like, you know, I, I make fun of Zack Snyder a lot because of his DC movies or whatever, and sort of his his films can have a tendency to be sort of very much repetitive as far as he uses the same he uses a lot of the same iconography and the same oh, soundtrack yeah. sort of things. But it, it is, you know, I mean, but, you fully but, understand it when you see it. Like there is definitely a the Zack Snyder element. Like but you know, when, if he's working in the horror genre, especially like a horror action genre, I don't care. Just give me a fun movie. Yeah, you know, and you know, it's got. Uh, I'm excited. They're they're doing a like an animated prequel, which I think is kind of cool, and it's going to tell some of the character backstories. Um, and then I think they're they're playing like uh, another sequel to this, or if it does well. But yeah, I mean, definitely it has a lot of the Zack Snyder elements to it. Like if you watch it, you'll know like that. I've I've seen that in a couple of his other movies. Like he does kind of stick to the same standard formula. But he's he, when it comes to this stuff, he's he's good at what he does. And the fact that Netflix let him go balls out on this, like more power to him. Like don't restrict that guy when you're giving him a, a reins of horror. Um, it, it's it's pretty good actually. So um, yeah, I mean the thing is like you know I still think you know he has a you know again you know it's the whole debate. But I will say this about Army of Dead though before we move on is that it gave us one of the dumbest fucking moments in pro wrestling in the last fucking decade uh i saw that i saw they did the, the promo. fucking terrible joke anyways I, right I, take. I will i will lose my shit if i yeah, talk about it even, right now I will, well, I, will, I will i will say one one cool thing they did though is they actually started playing for the launch of uh for army of the dead they actually played it at uh in the middle of london's like piccadilly square on a big screen so it's kind of cool so Crazy. Um, so I guess they did something, right? But we won't we won't touch on the the wrestling piece. But yeah, man, that's uh, a <laughs> good movie. So yeah, if you guys, I'm interested for you to watch it and let me know your thoughts on it. Um, but definitely, I think a fun watch all the same. So <clears throat> and, I love it. And and that being said, we're gonna take a quick break and we will be right back to talk about our topic of the day. And yeah, you won't even know we're gone. In fact, yeah. he was as big as the Hulk. He was just like a Hulk in a fucking cape in a blue, purple and green outfit. Um, uh, so he, yeah, dude. I mean, I love the character. He's, he's really funny, but he doesn't. He just fucking slashes Thanos' yeah. legs with knives and doesn't yeah. do a maybe, goddamn maybe thing. Maybe they'll, maybe they'll, they'll, you know, if it's his last one and the third one, maybe they'll let him go out in style. I Fuck hope. yeah, dude. That's what that, I'm Yeah, go out in a blaze of glory. Um, did you guys see that shit with the, the Riddler costume and the Matt Reeves? Movie? Yeah, man. Fucking Zodiac style. What the fuck is happening with these movies? The thing is, like, nerd, like, dumb. Like, he's wearing a daddy suit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. He's, or, you know, the game suit. But <laughs> game just, suit. I mean, it's an S&M suit, people. Jesus Christ, don't lose yeah. your minds. Um, we're uh, back, but here's we're the back thing. by the way. I just want to let you know. We're just Good. ranting. Oh, okay. Glad, well, glad so for the... Getting right into it. Give a shit. Yeah. But look, like, here's the thing with that, with that Matt Reeves Riddler costume. Uh, I don't care because first off, the the Riddler's a goofy ass character, and it wouldn't work. Like you could have, I mean, they could have done it in in, in a completely different way that didn't involve a leather S and M suit. But guess what? I don't give a shit because no, nothing aesthetically about the movie do I like. 
fucking Batman looks terrible. He literally looks like somebody cosplaying a art, like a video game version of Batman. It's a terrible look. But I, as long as the movie's good, whatever, man. Like you know, Gimp, Dad, like. It's funny Daddy, though. Like, here's here's what I'll say. But like, here's here's what bothers me about it, and I and I don't care like what the suit looks like either. I just don't understand like why give why give him such a villainous look like in his in his gimp suit, and, and then like make the penguin like to be like just an ordinary overweight guy. Like, I just I. I guess, like, I, my thought is, like, look, like, either just make them all look like normal people and bad people, or, or you know, like, put some style behind it. But, like, I don't know. I just, I, I like I'm that. not, I'm not sold on this movie at all. Like, I, I'm have had some hesitation about it from the beginning because I, I just think Batman looks like emo Batman. Yeah, uh, honestly, but I will give it a shot. Like, I, I do like Matt Reeves, so I will happily watch it. Um, but. I, you know, it's just like all the other Batman movies. Man. Yeah, I, I mean, just, the thing is, like it's just... at the end of the day, it's about the world they build. And, like, once you get into the world, you know, things make sense. Like, when I first saw the Joker shit, I was just sort of like, what are they going to do with this? Oh, I wasn't immediately, like, I and I said it many times on the internet, you know, when it's like, it's like, I don't give a shit if they change the Joker look. Who give Like, we've seen that look a million yeah. times. And every Joker film, Joker's been different. But my thing is, how is this going to work in the, in the film? Even though I I do enjoy that Joker movie, but I don't love it like the way some people do. I think it wears its influences on its on its sleeve a little too much. It's sort of uh, it really wants to be a Scorsese flick, but um, or more accurately, a uh, um, a uh, I'm blanking on the name of surprise. I'm blanking on somebody's name, but the famous uh, writer of Taxi Driver and his filmmaker in his own oh, right. De Palma. Name. De Palma. No. Not, Although there's some De Palma, I mean, it's definitely trying to be a 70s version. Anyways, we're getting off topic. My point is, it it still makes sense. Like, that version of Joker makes sense because of the world they built. In this Batman movie, it, I can hate everything aesthetically because it's just not, you know, it's not what I would do with a Batman movie. You know, like I said, they, they could have done the Joker or this version of Riddler because he's trying to hide his identity and just like a hoodie and a fucking ski mask yeah. that he, he airbrushed a fucking question mark over, whatever. You could do it in different ways. Leather daddy with fucking weird, you know, stepdad, you know, baby raper glasses. Like, you know, it's like creepy fucking, uh, you know, uh, you know, metal fr- frame glasses. Yeah, that's an interesting look. I will at least give you that. It's not what I expect- expected. But how does Paul, D- Paul Paul Dano do it? Like, what does he do with the character? You know, what's the story? But yeah, I, mean, I, will I think say, that's, like, that's, that's, that's the good. I mean, that's the thing about it, right? Like, you have to have. Like, regardless of what he wears, like, when he is a Riddler, like, how he portrays Riddler is probably the more important part, right? Like, because people were um, fucking super pissed about when they, not just when they heard, you know, um, when uh, old Ozzy boy was, uh, when they first announced Colin Farrell. What's that? Oh, who? Uh, the, uh, Robert, uh, Robert Pattinson? No, the, uh, the, uh, uh, Dark Knight back uh, Joker, the one that died, everybody loves. Heath um, Ledger. Oh, Heath, Heath Ledger. Yeah, Heath Ledger. Thank you, dude. If I don't it, like, if I'm not trying to think about it, the name will come right to me. If I try to think about a name now, it's gone. I, I, I don't know. I, I'm, I. It's not a good sign, guys. You're. I probably have another four, five good years left. <laughs> anyways, um, we'll just record anyways. all the content before that. We'll play it back for you. Exactly. Um, but yeah, like if you like. When I, even when they first announced it, not, not only were people pissed that just he was doing it, but when they saw the look, people just didn't get it. But again, once you see the movie, it's like, oh, yeah, like, so either way. Yeah. Before we go on, though, 
I just want to do this real quick. Uh, it's tangential to this podcast because, you know, he was a mangaka or a manga artist, but he there was anime movies about. But uh, we've just recently lost uh, um, the one of the most brilliant, not just mangaka or manga artists of all time, just cartoonists of all time, uh, Kentaro Miura, who did, uh, and I'm sure I butchered that, but who whose big seminal work is Berserk, one of the greatest mangas of all time. And unfortunately, we will never see the epic finish of it because I don't, I mean, nobody's going to try to pick, I mean, I do not see anybody. It was his vision, his work of art. But if you've, even if you're not an anime or manga fan, Berserk is one of the most incredible pieces of fiction. It's one of the most beautiful, just insanely illustrated works of manga. The It has never had a truly great, anime version but definitely you know it was a giant it's one of the biggest losses in, in my personal life as far as like artistic inspiration he was it, the dude was literally next level so just want to give that dude a shout out and again if you are if you and people who know know but if you've never seen if you've never read berserk or never seen any of the anime do yourself a favor it's a fucking incredible perfect i actually have read that manga so um it's crazy. And yeah, it's very yeah, dark. And yeah, I totally agree. Though. I yeah, I, I read about that the other day, and um, you know, I think anytime somebody that that is that talented that brings you know such such good stuff into the world, like it, it's always a little bit. It's it's sad, you know. It's it's um, it's it was especially sad, anyways. But I think what makes it so bittersweet is you so close to finishing this. Ma- I mean, it's it's like eight phone books, and I'm not even kidding. It's a giant collection of work that he's put in throughout his lifetime that we are so close to getting to the end. I will never get it, which is a fucking Maybe. travesty. Yeah. But you think somebody would pick? You think dope. somebody would? No, pick, never. Pick I don't. I. I mean, it would be the people fans would. I think fans would be excited, but we don't. He, as far as I know, he's never even communicated what where the story was going. Gotcha. So it'd be somebody else's inspiration, and I think it would just be not good enough. Yeah, no matter what. People Unless he has it like in a secret vault in his will, you know. Well, maybe we'll probably. see. Well, I think that's a, it's a good. That's actually a great segue. That not a great segue that it happened, but a good segue into what we're talking about today, which is that's right. Uh, which is which is fan films, which is really just an inspiration from, um, you know, somebody else's work. And it really got me thinking about this the other day because I was watching uh, ne- Never Hike Alone, which is the Friday the Thirteenth uh, spinoff. The first thing I thought to myself is like, like what hoops does somebody have to jo- go through to like make a fan film? And the other part of me says, like, is is there a certain responsibility of the person making the fan film to maintain the integrity of the original product? Like, is like, what obligations are you taking on by making a fan film? Um, that really got my brain stealing. I thought it would be a really good topic for us, just because you know we're we're, we're fans of all cinema, um, independent and mainstream, and uh, there's a lot of good work. And I, you know, especially Friday the 13th being as iconic as it is but so many different variations of Jason over time that like a fan film like, like that to me is like, you can do whatever you want with it. Right. Because there's just so many different ways that you could stylize, tell the story of Jason and things like that. But um, yeah, I just want, I want to get, you know, kind of get your, both of your opinions on that. Cause it is really, I think for some people, a very tense topic. Cause some people would say like, don't touch the original work. You're going to fuck it up. And, you know, if, if you don't can't make a real movie, then don't make it at all. But a lot of times, fan films are sometimes even better than some of the more 
you know, mainstream films that come out. So. Yeah, I think, you know, I think one thing specific about fan films is like, you know, you know, there's obviously all this legality involved in like, but as far as like the should you or shouldn't you, I think, you know, like as long as you're not trying to make money off of somebody else's intellectual property, like I totally support fan films. Like if, you know, like it's like anything, if it's well done, it's well done and it deserves, you know, praise. And if it's shitty, it's shitty and whatever. But, you know, definitely, you know, I you, you don't want to be somebody who's trying to be seen as, uh, you know, trying to become successful off somebody else's IP. But I think horror specifically works better for fan films for a few reasons. Number one, um, the horror is more of a community than like, say like superhero movies or, you know, whatever, fan, like science. I mean, the thing, fan films really started honestly with things like Star Trek and, you know, um, in the sci-fi realm, even before like, you know, Batman and the Sun and all those big things that came up um, you know, in the early 2000s, late 90s, like people were doing fucking Star Trek fan fiction, you know, pretty much as soon as start, you know, the original 60s uh, show started re-airing in the 70s. But I think the reason horror works specifically so well is one, horror is more of a community, more than anything else, honestly. Um, and I think there's this sort of like, we, as horror fans, we sort of, support each other more or support those things more than maybe other people um other other communities especially like even within film um and i also think because horror is more we've seen more reinterpretations we've seen more um uh you know even within the films from one film to another though you know horror characters change and adapt and you know they start off as one thing and end up as a different different actors play them um or even if you have like Freddy, you know, Freddy has changed, you know, from, you know, the first film to, you know, Wes Craven's New Nightmare, like, you know, yeah. the look and the characters has developed and stuff. But, um, but yeah, I feel like it's one thing though, that like, you know, people, there's just a big segment of people just aren't going to support it. They aren't going to take it seriously because it's not, doesn't, you know, have the, there's, it's not officially, you know, released by the studio. And I think a lot of people just shit on fan films just because it's like, well, you know, you, this isn't real or whatever, but again, somebody put their hard work into it, you know, and, and their own artistic license. I've seen good. I mean, the thing is I've seen really great and I'm not out there looking for them specifically. And I know there's no, probably, you, come across, you come across them though. I mean, it's, it's hard not to, right? Exactly. Um, well, that's the thing, especially when it's well done. I remember when, um, uh, what is the, f was it? It's not hike in the woods. Was it hike in the woods? Yes, it was. Yeah. The, the, yeah. The first one that came out. Yeah, that was all over my social media, even from people that don't normally post fan films because it was well done and professionally made. And I mean, that one, because it had an original actor in the film itself, like, uh, you know, Tommy. But um, uh, yeah, so it's like when it's well done, that's the one thing I like about the horror. I mean, there's literally whole um, film festivals just for horror fan films. So um, there is more support, I think, for them in the horror community. I think horror fans are more likely... I guess, I don't know, maybe that's not true. I mean, because, you know, people love those, you know, Batman and the Sun films and all those things, so. Yeah, I know, I mean, I do agree, though. I think I think horror fans, like, I think they are community, so they are a little more interesting. I also think that, yeah, you'll you'll have the, those kind of, like, edgelords that are, like, never touch the original stuff. It's like when somebody says, like, hey, can you, like, you know, 
somebody dies or, or you know like Wes Craven for example like oh you do a nightmare and you're like don't touch it he's dead he's never a George Romero film right like don't touch that shit like you know nobody else should do this unless it's like them specifically but like at the end of the day though like the way that the way I kind of thought about it is like I think it takes a fan to make a film like that right like yeah. it takes like it takes a true fan like to to and I think if you if you take it from that perspective right like I think most people would go into that with good intentions like yes like some of their stories are going to be shit because like maybe they don't have the budget maybe it's not a great script but like I think it comes from the premise of wanting to continue a story that you love so much and you know I I know a lot of people like they tend to watch movies and I think they want to hear backstories right and there's just never any you know they're never any backstory explanation in a film so they put that they create their own backstory and create it like I don't know if that in a sense it's like you know, like something to be honored or like potentially, you know, uh, like be held to a certain level of responsibility that you're creating. You're trying to create a story that doesn't, that maybe isn't the original intention of the movie. But I, I, I guess that's just, you know, perspective, right? Like everybody's, because if you don't have a backstory, somebody's just going to make one up anyways, right? You're going to wonder what that backstory is. So like, it's not any different. I guess just immortalizing it on film is a little bit, like a little bit more concrete, but what what I think sucks is like there are like you know the person who made you know N Never Hike Alone like it's a pretty solid like Jason fan film like I don't understand why studios don't take those people who put out quality work like even in shorts like that and like give them an opportunity to do a legitimate film right like if you look at some of the directors that have done some of these movies like come on <laughs> like well, that's, a lot of times it's their first films right that's what's so funny that you say that because it's so weird because, you know, I was working at a comic book store at the time that um, uh, Batman Dead End came out, which is sort of like, I think was the fan film. Like it was the first real fan film that kind of exploded. Um, even really before the internet was really popping, it was sort of like the one that went viral where everybody was talking about it. And everybody's like, this guy should direct the next Batman movie. And apparently from what I understand, that dude was persona non grata in Hollywood because I think on one hand there was like, you know, people were like legally, like, I don't want to, you know, I think producers were like, I don't want to open this Pandora's box of like hiring people that sort of, you know, uh, whatever. And then there was also people who were just like, who felt, I think in Hollywood that were like, well, now we're not going to just let any schmo in. Like we can't just, just cause they made a good you know movie on no budget we can't just say, oh, they're going to make a, a great, you know, 90 minute movie with a, and I thought that was a weird sensation, but it legitimately, from my understanding, that dude, the guy who directed that, and then went on to like, as I mentioned, make the Batman in the sun or bat in the sun, you know, kind of fran like weird sort of empire that he did with like a superhero beat down and all those things. Um, Yeah. Apparently he was persona non grata. Hollywood wanted nothing to do with that dude. And all the fans were like, fuck, this is great. This is the way Batman should be. And like, Hollywood was like, fuck it's no. It's weird because, yeah. because like, they'll say that, like, no, this person, like, they, just because they made a, a decent, you know, shorter movie on a no budget doesn't mean they should make a next one. But, like, you look at people like Romero who made, like, Don who made Night of the Living Dead on, like, a shoestring budget, Bruce Campbell and Sam Raimi who made Evil Dead, like, on a shoestring, like, like, those guys did the same thing. And granted, it was original property, but. Well, then they, I think that's the distinction. One is different, it, right? But I think that's the distinction to Hollywood and a lot of people was 
one, they made their own films. They didn't try to like use somebody else's, you know, IP, but also they actually made a real fit, like a real 90 minute films that went to theaters where this was like, you know, was on the internet or you had to buy like bootlegs at comic book conventions and stuff. And it was sort of seen like looked down upon sort of snubbed and looked as like this, like a lesser art form or whatever. And yeah, like I can understand like, you know, anybody can take something that's already successful and have some success with it. Everybody knows Batman, they know, they know those characters. And then also having that like, oh, guess what? At the end, there's the aliens are going to show up, or which is if you've never seen Batman Dead End, that's sort of the hook of it. Um, uh, you know, but, you know, true, I do think that there's some truth that like, again, like, you know, we made this cool fan fiction about the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Well, everybody already knows the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So you're sort of riding somebody else's coattails as seen as like, you know, where come up with your own short story or short film about your own characters and your own universe and see if you can get any you know respect. But the thing is, at the end of the day, a film is still a film. You still need, you know, like it still needs to look good. It still needs to be paced well and it needs to be relatively acted well. And, you know, a good made fan film and especially like I, I'll take a perfect example being that uh, Never Hike Alone. It, it was like a real film, like watching it, it felt like outside of just the length of it, it felt like a movie I would have rented, you know, uh, from a video yeah. rental store. Like it felt like a real movie. Like that guy that was in it was like, first I told a compelling story and the, the, the guy in it, the actor in it was really, you know, it was a really believable actor. I'm like, fuck, this was really great. To be fair though, I think that guy actually has had Hollywood experience, right though? He's actually been- I don't know, I, I, didn't, I didn't look at his, his history, but- um, But yeah, like I, I agree with you though. But you know, let me ask you a question. I'm gonna play play devil's advocate here. How how is that different than somebody taking property and turning it into a comic? Well, you took Ninja Turtles, for example, right? Like, like there's so many variations of Ninja Turtle comics out there, right? Like, um, and obviously that would you know based on an original, right? Um, so I, I go out and I create a Ninja Turtle comic, but I can't go out and create a Ninja Turtle short, like. It's it's more I think it's more frowned upon if I put it on video, but not as frowned upon if I put it on paper. Like, I mean, you know, I think for a lot of people, it's just the legality of it, and the, the you know, like you're not getting into is, it, is it less is it less legal? Is it is it more legal to do that in a comic than it is to do? I mean, I'm just asking because I don't know. Well, no, I mean, like, you're not allowed to do it for comics either. I mean, oh, like you okay. would get your ass sued. Like, in fact, there's uh, a lot of people have done that. They've done their own fan fan comics. And uh, they always have to put him on the internet, like not for sale, like blah blah blah. But this guy named Michael Fief, Fife, I don't know how to pronounce his last name. I don't, I don't think I've ever heard, it, but he's a phenomenal cartoonist. But he did this. He's you know, and he's of. I mean, he's legit, legitimately unbelievably talented, very unique, and his art style is very much his own thing. But he sort of created this like zine style mini comic, but that was very much inspired by the Suicide Squad the 80s version of the Suicide Squad, but he had his own characters, just one of them. I mean, it, it was very bizarre, but on the surface, when you look at it, you're like, oh yeah, that's definitely kind of like those that, the 80s Suicide Squad, but just sort of tweaked a little. And his art, like I said, his art style, so completely distinct. It's his own thing. But he ended up becoming very successful off of that and eventually started publishing it and getting into comic stores. I'm like, how's this guy not getting sued? But because it wasn't called Suicide Squad, it was his own name. 
And because the characters weren't, it wasn't Deadpool. It just was a guy that kind of looked like Deadpool. It's kind of kind of like Invincible, right? Like where all the characters are kind of based off like the DC yeah, comic that's characters, been, but like it's not really like exactly. the DC comic characters. And that's it's been a staple of comics forever. The sort of homage characters. I mean, literally the Legion of Superheroes, um, uh, which is this DC comic property, uh, inspired Marvel to make you know the uh, Imperial Guard and the Shire Empire and all these things and they would do that back and forth. The Squadron Supreme is supposed to be Marvel's version of uh, the Justice League. And they've done that, you know, that's been a thing in comics forever because there's the archetype is so broad that you can't just copyright the archetype of it. You have to copyright the specific. So, and, you know, that's been a fun thing in comics is sort of winking a nod like, oh, yeah, like in the uh, this comic book, The Authority, they, um, which was uh, a really great comic, but sort of um, very much itself, a sort of parody of superhero comics where they had a character called Midnighter and Apollo uh, who were like Batman and Superman kind of, but they were, they're lovers. They're like, they are openly gay superheroes who are lovers and stuff, but playing off. So playing off those archetypes, but in that comic, they had a version of the Avengers that was sort of very much like, you know, uh, in this world, sort of a joke and like, they're just getting their ass handed to them by the authority and stuff. And it's kind of like, anyway, so that's been a big thing in, in, in comics, but you know, I think when it, as an artist, like it's so funny though, that you mentioned Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles specifically though, because Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles started off literally as a basically a ripoff of Daredevil um, and a few other things. So Frank Miller's specific Daredevil run. And it's weird how that happens. But the thing is when you are a fan and you're going to make a movie if you were to do something like, I'm going to do my ver, like, I'm not going to call it Batman. I'm going to call it fucking, you know, uh, flying rat man or whatever. You'd have more legitimacy in most people's eyes because you at least, even if it's, you, even if it's no more creative, at least if you, but you know, you know, you're not going to get as much attention making a, a short film about your own sort of character as much as you are as doing a straight fan film. Right. Even though fan films are looked down upon, they still have their own sort of like, cachet kind of they have their own sort of like you know allure and and you know niche to them because people are going to know like if you're a diehard star trek fan and you've seen all the star trek movies and you've seen all the television shows and you're just dying for more star trek you're going to go look for fan films it's just this weird sort of kind of like dirty corner of fandom but again one that i don't i mean to me it's like again it's like anything is is it well done great Is, is it a piece of shit then it's a piece of shit, regardless if it's a fan film or legitimate film. Yeah, good. I mean, good call out. I, I think, like, again, I, I think it. I think it all comes from a place. I think there are probably people that make fan films that are really just doing it because they they want to gain notoriety more than they do want to make a good film. Um, and, and that sucks for them because sometimes that that does. I think almost like tarnish the like the original content. But I think for the most part, people make fan films or true fans at heart and like probably should be able to make those. I, I don't think that that should make them, my personal opinion, make them a pry in Hollywood. Like, I think if you got talent, right, you have talent. And even if it is, you know, doing a, a short film based on other, like, intellectual property, like, I mean, I hope you went through the right channels to do it, first and foremost. Like, don't don't just take somebody's character and just go yeah. use it for whatever. But, like, if you make a good film, you make a good film, right? Like, just, you know, like, that that should count for something, I think, at the end of the day. I agree. And one other thing, though, I feel like specifically why I think it works so well for horror is, first off, horror in itself is sort of a um, sort of, you know, the black sheep of film in its own way. It's always been sort of down and dirty, kind of homemade, 
you know, these guys are sort of taking a chance, making their own movie for like, you know, like I said, even Romero's perfect example. But, um, but the other reason it works is too, is because horror, it's horror films are usually, you know, normal people in a normal setting with like, you know, uh, you know, some, you know, some cheap special effects, maybe some cheap makeup, but you're not doing, you know, fucking, you know, you're not doing exploding tanks and fucking motorcycle jumps and you're not doing superheroes and super, all those big, huge, crazy things that like, right. you know, can be much harder to do in a fan film. Anybody can sort of do some fucking, you know, some, you know, fake blood and hero syrup or whatever and make a, uh, you know, a pretty good, like little low budget horror movie. Um, and I think that's why it's so appealing. But again, I also think, as you said earlier, I think there's a love of horror films from a lot of the people that make fan films are legitimately just diehard fans of these properties and, you know, want to have, like, basically, they want to contribute to that mythology. And I, again, as long as it's well made, man, I don't, it doesn't bother me. Yeah. Um, um, this artist named Nathan Thomas Milner, um, who has directed other things, he's, he's done some, like, um, I forget what it was called, sort of an anth- this anthology horror film that came out, but he, he's, you know, he's well known in the horror art community. Anyways, he did this short film called Confessions of Fred Krueger about the origins of Fred Krueger. Yeah, and it's fucking great. And I remember people like giving him shit online about it and being like, oh, I don't like your version. And it's like, well, this is just a it's like it doesn't, you know, it doesn't It doesn't define the whole franchise. Yeah, exactly. It's good. I mean, they did Fred Krueger's Trial and Freddy's Nightmares. That was a Robert Inkling episode. So like it's not like it hasn't been done before. You know? I just, exactly. I guess, oh. go back to I forgot what episode it was where we talked about. We were definitely in in person too. Um, I think it was either the rated R or the PG thirteen discussion that we were having, and then Jimothy brought up a great point. Like, I mean, and you I, you stand by it today too. Um, regardless if you like it or you don't like it, like the fact that you actually made a movie and you're not trying to do the cash cow thing and trying to do a cash grab. Like fuck it, dude. I mean, if that's what makes you happy, and that's what that's what you're you have a passion to do, you know. Even if it's it's just a passion project, literally in the sense, you know, to where you're not trying to make money, but you just want to express your love for this genre or the specific movie, and you want you want to give credit where credit is due. That's like saying th- it's like a saying thank you to it, you know. Yeah. Like you're saying thank yeah. you for from a love letter. For, yeah, exactly, a hundred percent, like a love letter and it, uh, an homage. Like this is. What your greatness inspired me to do, regardless if it's good or not, regardless if other people like it or not, regardless if I had a big budget or not, you know, I, I'm going to do it the way I can, the best way I can to. And I, I appreciate those, regardless if I like it or not. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good way to wrap it up, Tank. I think so. See, every now and then I say, you know, some words <laughs> that, magic, that gel well together. Uh, it doesn't happen often. Last, oh, you know, you know, while while we're on that subject too, I went on this big tirade about the Army of the Dead uh, uh, movie uh, on the wrestling podcast last night. I was so heated, I tripped over the recording uh, the recording wire there, and I lost everything. I am fucking livid about that. But anyway, hey, you know, it happens. That's showbiz, folks. But um, hey, you know, uh, if you did enjoy this conversation, feel free to uh, 
uh, follow us on Spotify. Uh, you know, hit uh, subscribe to us on, on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a five star review. Tell your friends and family, uh, you know, about our show if they do enjoy horror movies as well. Uh, we do have a Facebook that we need to be more active on. We kind of just I'm like, oh, we forgot about Facebook, but hey, you know what? At, at time, you know, just you know, we forget sometimes. We're human. Uh, but yeah, find us at uh, Facebook.com/slash Movie Misfits Pod. Uh, all the description are, are down below if you want to. Uh, be lazy and, and click, uh, you know, and just do the clicky click. Uh, but um, hey, you know, um, thanks for listening. It was a great discussion. I, I think uh, I, I think uh, we, we do good things here uh, at the Movie Misfits Pod. Uh, I'm excited uh, to to watch uh, what was it, Caw, uh, this week, uh, yep. and, and get my Caw on. Uh, hopefully, it doesn't suck, cock, you know. And uh, I'm talking about a bad movie. Blah, I know. Blah. Oh, oops. <laughs> Wrong one. <laughs> Wrong button there. I thought I had the womp womp was it? one. It was my. It, that's the intro to my anime podcast. <laughs> Sorry about that. Uh, I don't have the womp womp on cue. So anyway, but you know, uh, bad joke, bad timing, bad button pushing. Hey, <laughs> uh, you know, before I, I, you know, I dig my hole uh, any further and uh, really regress on the way I ended the show with those uh, fine piece of words. Uh, hey, y'all, y'all end it here. Uh, whatever y'all want to do, uh, whoever wants to close it out. Uh, I'll let you close it out, buddy. All right. This one's for you, Scott Atkins. Oh, I should have done Kentoro Miara, but it's fine. Well, it could also be from, and I, the only reason I passed it you is I couldn't say the guy's name, so I was, I didn't want to butcher it. I know, it. I, I thought I, you, I was that's gonna what you were going to do that. Well, you know who we were talking about. Uh, you know, this one's, this one's for you, creator Berserker. Yeah, can talk, yeah, I'm not gonna. I'm so I, even though I'm learning Japanese, my pronunciation yeah. is still. Sucks. You all know who we're talking about. We just talked about it for like ten minutes. Yes. yes. Okay. Well, thanks. God, just what a dumpster fire ending this was. It's awesome. <laughs> sort of sums up this podcast. Yeah. Really well. <laughs> I like to call that the 2020 end. The 2020 ending. Thank you. I'm just gonna have diarrhea go. in my pants and. Oh my just god. Just record that. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this has been the Movie Missing I mean, Podcast. It is Friday. We've been recording this. The Movie Misses Podcast. Thank you again for listening, folks. Have a great day. Bye.